for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Jay. Hey, hey, Pete, are we doing something different this time? We are. Um, I think we've only done this twice before, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's uh, it's very exciting to, uh, to, to do what we actually always really want to do. You know, it's always nice to be able to do what we're about to do, mm-hmm. but... You know, we understand that people have their lives. So, yeah. And uh, if, if you're sitting at home and you're guessing that what Jay is talking about is make it through an entire uh, podcast without a Star Wars reference, then you're right. But there's also something else we're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's right. We are, we are for, for, our, for our third act, for our Return of the Jedi, as it were. We have asked a guest to stay with us the whole runtime of an episode of this fine podcast, and Peter and I have uh, our roster of guests that we usually have. Uh, we, we I actually have them on on my wall, and uh, <laughs> what what Pete and I will do is we'll uh, we'll we'll throw very 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 obnoxious and now illegal lawn darts at the wall to see see who it picks on, and and this week buy gum through. Through every shape and form of fortune, the good old lawn dart landed on Athletic Detroit's very own Maximilian Bartholomew Boltman. <laughs> there he is, Maximilian. Thank you for joining us. I'm sure you had any many and more interesting things to do with the next hour of your time on a Saturday, but we're really glad that we could strong arm you into abandoning those things and joining us for some conversation. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Fortunately, now that the uh, NHL regular season's over, everything that I have to do ever is on a computer that is still on my lap. So I am more than free for uh, for as long as we want to roll today. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I was just having having flashbacks to the the last time, uh, I guess, the first time you were on when, uh, with with Craig in the uh, the the Joe Louis Arena locker room uh, episode, and I was remembering how. Jay, not once, but twice, played a video on his laptop during the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh it was that was such a blast. <laughs> oh man. I, 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 I still say to this day, I was one hundred percent aware of the conversation, taking part of it, and in no way bored by Max and and, and Craig Custins sitting next to me. So please just <laughs> just lay off. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do for this episode is we're going to start off talking a little Red Wings because obviously we have Max on. So, I mean, we'd, we'd be dumb not to. Um, and, you know, you know, kind of some some Red Wings and some some Max centric uh, topics, et cetera, questions. And then uh, about halfway through, we'll transition into uh, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs because the playoffs have started. Um, there's been some really entertaining things going on. Uh, depending on what what team you're a fan of, uh, any Tampa Bay uh, fans are probably not listening to this because they're 
probably trying to find uh, a voodoo doll and several Ouija boards or something like that. Uh, but I, I'm going to start off with with a question I asked. Um, I asked a couple of my friends uh, from the Red Wings uh, community to uh, to give some questions. And so Prashant had a really good one that I think is a good like starting one, which is what is your favorite moment from the first season covering the Red Wings? Wow, that is a good one. Um, how far back are we going to count the season? Uh, as far back as like, you want. Because like, I, I started on it really at the draft. Uh, but that I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if we count that as this season or as last season or how it works. Uh, we'll we'll uh, count. I also it. don't know if it's relevant. I'm kind of just stalling for time right here as I think. Through <laughs> <what it's laughs> um, I, honestly, I don't know if this is just skewed because I have the Predators Stars game on the TV right now. Mm. The first road <laughs> game at Nashville that I ever was at was an unbelievable atmosphere. Like, I think that was where it dawned on me how awesome it would and potentially someday will be to cover playoff hockey because I cannot even imagine what that place is like right now. The, I think it, it, this is kind of broader, but that was kind of where I realized like how awesome of an atmosphere hockey can have when, when people are locked in and those fans must just always be locked in because if they are fired up for a early February game against one of the bottom five teams in the league, I know that they were fired up all the time. Uh, <laughs> they were awesome. So that was easily the best uh, game I attended atmosphere-wise. I think the Red Wings might have even won it mm. um, in terms in terms of just like being memorable. Like That didn't happen super often. I remember Andreas having to see you looked really good. Um, but I'm trying to I mean, what sticks out from the whole thing was, was just how rowdy that crowd was, all their chants, all their goal songs. It was just something to behold. So that was that's probably the thing that I'll remember the most about uh, about year one. Yeah, I was really jealous of my brother last night because uh, he was at the the Nassau Coliseum last night for Game Two of the Islanders Penguins. And uh, um, actually, wait, Max, did you did you get a chance to go to Nassau this year? I did not go to Nassau. No, so I went. I was like maybe ten to twelve. Road games this year. Okay. Um, I did a lot in Grand Rapids, so usually when they were going yeah. on a great GR, but I, I made it to about ten or twelve. Yeah, because I mean that that building, you know, Nassau Coliseum is. I mean, I've been I've been a bunch of times, but I've ne- I don't think I've ever been. No, I, yeah, I've never been to a playoff game, but I've been to like you know home openers, you know, special nights, and uh, like the. I mean, it it really feels like the roof is going to blow off. So uh, I can only imagine. I mean, like I, I know I've heard stories of. Uh, players in the like the visiting locker room they're like all of a sudden like the game hasn't even started like we haven't even gone out for warm-ups and like it's like the like the locker room is shaking so um but yeah i, I can only imagine uh, uh little caesar's arena for a playoff series that would be that would be pretty spectacular i think jay and i have actually talked about like because there's been you know there's been like four moments <laughs> during the regular season hmm. where fans were like seriously into it <laughs> and at those moments, you're like, holy crap, this place can really get loud, like, when it wants to. Uh, I mean, I don't know how soon it's going to happen, but at some point, LCA is going to host a regular playoff game, and I bet it is going to be a pretty good atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's actually kind of interesting because, uh, which day? A week from today, as we record this, will be the first ever playoff game to take place at Little Caesars Arena, but it won't be for a hockey game. Because our Pistons have have defied any and all logic to, <laughs> to make it into the postseason, so 
Um, I'm, I'm actually going to be covering that game, so I'll be very interested to see if, if a, a, a crowd uh, appears <laughs> for, for a Piston game, and then B, uh, just how, how much they'll take advantage of, of what it is. Because as, as Max has already alluded and mentioned, um, because the team hadn't, hadn't really uh, been doing as, as much of a, uh, a, a nice thing like winning <laughs> this season, there, there wasn't really a lot of times where even when the building was full, like the team wasn't exactly playing as well as the players would, what the fans would have hoped. So, but those couple times, I will say that, you know, maybe this is the grand, one of the grand secrets that just the Little Caesars Arena is waiting to bestow upon um, you know, the, the planet as a whole, but, um, acoustically that building is very sharp, very acute. And when, when it happens, and I think all three of us can agree that yes, it will happen. This, <laughs> we're not, this isn't, this isn't, you know, the fifties to the, to the late eighties of, uh, of terribleness that we have to look forward to. It will happen soon. Um, that place is going to be absolutely obnoxious for the eardrums, and I, I I cannot wait for it. I'm I'm trying to remember. I mean, I I remember going to games at Chicago Stadium during uh, when I was living in Chicago, and that was you know we're talking about the Ronick and Chelios years, and that's I mean. It's funny because people are like, oh, how do you get that sound back? And the answer is all very simple. You. You you build a building that is literally too big for the people in it. That's literally how how that happens. Because like you have these people yeah. just kind of going off on these tangents about, oh, how do we recreate that? It's like no no no. The idea is that like the ceiling wasn't a hundred feet above the people. It was like fifty feet. Like the sound would reverberate. Like if you if you wanted to match that, build a low ceiling, man, because that place will destroy you. That which is another reason why I'd actually really like to go visit Winnipeg at some point because their arena is like, like in the first place, it's not a. It wasn't built to be a a major league arena. It was like a it was like a minor league affiliate for. Um, gosh, I, I, for, I was it the Moose? Maybe the Manitoba Moose played there, but. Um, it's it's a small building by design, which is why I'd love to go there and experience what what it, what it's like when you're just when you're bearing down on the game and everybody around you is just losing their minds. So, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a it's a one it's a wonderful time to to dream and, and to hope. <laughs> and um, I don't know, I I I I can't wait. That's that's the, that's the long and short of it. It's it's going to be nuts. I if you know who. Who knows? I as I, I don't know who's going to be owning the channel that I currently work for by the time the first playoff games happen. So hopefully that I'm I'm still able to go enjoy that as a as a working member of the media. But if not, Max, I uh, have a pretty pretty good record about carrying people's bags around and uh, shining people's shoes. So if, uh, if if the worst should happen, just know I'm available. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I try to keep my shoes pretty shiny, but uh, we'll find a way to get you in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a suede sambas are my specialties, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how well those shine up. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Pete, you, should we should we talk about um, this? Oh, it was like this. It was like this really small thing that in no way had any bearing about the immediate and maybe further future about this Red Wings team. What? What was it? Oh man, it starts. It's tip of my tongue. It's like a low, 
a Lowry, a a Lori. No, 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 that, that can't be it. <laughs> it's the lottery. Oh, all right, let's yeah. talk about the lottery. I, I was, I was, I, I think I had my fun. Let's just, let's just get it out of the way. I, I, I talked to Max at length about it leading up to it, and then things happened, and then, and then here we are. So, um, yeah, let's, Max, what? Uh, what were your thoughts? Did were, did you expect this outcome in light of the recent performance, or or was this uh, a little bit of a surprise? I mean, mathematically, right? This was the the likely outcome. I obviously, certainly, uh, you know, I think you have to have to expect that. Um, there was a part of me that wondered, just because of all the debate that was going on, of like, are they are they screwing themselves by winning? There was a part of me that wondered, like, what if they just win it here and and then everyone can be happy? Uh, <laughs> because I, I don't always love when everyone goes to war in my mention. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, this was the likely outcome. And I don't know if I don't know if it's if it's a referendum on the win streak or anything like that. I think certainly people uh, people have a fair point in saying, like, look, one game against New Jersey could have been the difference in the lottery. I mean, there's. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not. I don't think there's just like a certain number of signs necessarily, and those all the balls are are guaranteed to those teams or whatever. But um, I mean, Red Wings fans can certainly. I mean, I'm not in charge of who can feel what, but if they want to feel mad, I think they have uh, plenty of reason to be bummed about what happened on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, the the fun the fun thing about that is I was at that game in New Jersey. Um, I went to that game. And, um, so I, I take, I take full blame. Um, the Red Wings decided to win because I was there. They, uh, you know, they, 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 they're like, we, we can't let this go. We, we, we cannot let this game get away from us. Um, but no, like the thing I always, I always find funny, um, with, with, you know, people who'd be like, oh, if we, you know, if we just lost that game, then we would have gotten the, the pick or whatever, or whatever it was. Yeah. Is is that in these alternate universes, the only thing that changed is the outcome of one hockey game. It's like everything else right. went exactly the same. It's like that's not how alternate universes work. I've watched enough. I've watched enough science fiction to know that that's not how that works. Have you ever seen the the uh, Ashton Kutcher documentary, The Butterfly Effect? Come on, people. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, you know, I'm uh, of the same I'm of yeah. the same mind, I, but I, you know, I understand where the frustrations come in, and you know, even the one at the end of the year when it was like only like three more games to to butterfly effect. Yeah. Uh, they had they lost they lost to New Jersey, they beat New Jersey, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's a, it's a rough outcome for them. The I, but I did write, you know, that night. I there's plenty of really good prospects in this draft, and like picking yeah. six, they're going to have uh, a, a really good chance to land another of them like it won't be jack hughes it won't be Kako Kako, but there's a bunch of unbelievably good players at the u.s national u18 team couple centers out in western canada uh and obviously one very notable uh defenseman in western canada who no one except me seems to think uh is going to be completely out of the question for their pick six i don't think there's any chance that bowen byram is going to be their pick six just because no defense. No, the first defense enough to board has not made it past pick five since 2003. Like I don't, in a year where wow. there's a clear number one defenseman and not a whole lot after that, I have a hard time thinking this is the year that changes. But a lot of people are certainly still hopeful for Bowen Byram. 
Um, and, you know, he, he is a, the kind of prospect mm-hmm. who they really desperately need. So, but even having said that, the, the center depth in this draft, from what, from what I understand, is supposed to be incredible. I've seen a few of them play uh, live, a couple of them on, on video, and uh, there's a lot for the Red Wings to choose from there. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting um, to see who they end up taking there. And obviously, like you said, it's going to also depend on who's available at that point. Um, I wanted to, um, I wanted to ask a reader question, uh, cause basically we got two, two really good reader questions in our mailbag. And, uh, so here's the first one. Um, now it starts off with a statement. And I thought you would appreciate this, um, in a good way. Cause sometimes it's just, you know, it's like a setup for like, uh, like an insult or something. <laughs> so th- <laughs> this is from username. Uh, let's see. J H D S G J. Um, this person's asked a, a few questions before, but I can't remember uh, if they have a pronunciation. I think uh, I, I, I don't want to mess it up. Anyway, I think the um, pronunciation is I just dragged my finger across the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. that's, I think that's what the pronunciation yeah. is. <laughs> so, um, so, OK, so it starts off. I, I did want Max to know that I appreciate his articles very much. Also, he seems like a good and professional guy with his responses to even the troll like commenters, uh, which I know is uh is 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 harder than some people think. Uh, oh, anyway. Also, <laughs> I I was hoping uh, you could ask him about Vili Sariarvi. The team just never mentions him, but I love his style. Does do you, uh, does he still have a chance to move up? And then there's a second question that's like unrelated, but I think it's a really good one too. Like, do you have plans to do another week in the life article like you did with Joe Hicketts? Okay. Oh, I think I totally know who this guy is. I think his name is Scott because he's been asking in my comments about it. Um, <laughs> and it's a great idea. It's just kind of hard to pull off. Um, I actually just did a – ooh, I don't know if I can say it yet. Oh. I have a story coming out this week that someone interested in that show, hopefully coming out this week, but sometime soon, that should satisfy that particular desire. That's how I cool. say it. Uh, now there will now, as I know from my experience, teasing stories before, there'll be some snag and editing that'll have to wait be pushed like three weeks or something. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, if all goes well, should be good. Um, and I do appreciate his, you know, I, I do try to respond to a lot of comments and so that, that means a lot that he cares. What was the other question? Oh, um, the other question was about, uh, sorry, RV. Um, yeah, really. Okay. Yeah. Is he out of it? Is that it? So... Yeah, I mean, no, like, like, like I, I kind of had the same thing. Like, you never, like, you never hear his name, you know. Yeah, I don't think he had the kind of year that a lot of people were hoping for for him. Um, like, he's not in the lineup tonight. They're playing as we speak with uh, potentially. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios for them, but their playoff lines more or less hanging lives more or less hanging the balance this weekend. They're down three zero seven minutes into the game. Um, Villa's not in the lineup. And he wasn't in the lineup last night. I, I understand how people are worried about him, and I don't think it's unfounded. Um, I think it's sort of a – it's been just kind of an up-and-down thing. There are times he looks really good and other times where – I don't know if it's a, if it's a just strictly defensive or if it's like a, um, you know, an overall, you know, overall sense. Because I, I, well, I've only been down – I mean, I've been down there 10, 15 times. I don't, I've only seen him in the lineup – maybe a little more than half of those. Um, and, and a couple of them he's been really impressive because he skates well, he uses edges well, right? He's, he seems relatively sharp with the puck. Um, so I would imagine then it, it has to be a, a defensive concern um, with him or, or maybe a, a toughness thing. I don't know. Those are kind of things that defensemen 
are usually knocked for. I don't know with specificity which one it is for Philly. I don't think he's out of time. I just think that the clock is kind of ticking as as guys get older. Like if I'm Sarah Yarvey, I want to I want to you know make my carve my spot out before Jared McIsaac and Gustav Lindstrom get anywhere close to Grand Rapids uh, because those are the guys that are coming in the next wave that would potentially kind of threaten where he fits. Um, so I don't think, I mean, you never give up on talent, right? Like really, he's not like an old man or anything. He's, I think he's 21. Um, you know, he's got time and he's, he's a smaller guy. So you can understand why maybe it would take him a little more time than somebody like Dennis Chalosky, who's bigger, or Philip Peronic, who's really, you know, he, he's a, he's a tough, intense player. So I, I, I you know, personally, really enjoy like interacting with Billy. So for my sake, I hope he does make it because he's one of the nicest guys in the entire system. Um, but I think it, I think it, you have to you do have to think it's going to come down to intensity defensive play for him. And, uh, and we'll see what happens because the, like I said, that, that that next wave is coming in a hurry. So he doesn't have uh, a whole, whole ton of time to uh, carve out his spot. Yeah, it's funny. Like I thought I misheard you because I looked. Uh, I, I while you were talking, I went to AHL.com and I was like, no, he did say they, they're down three nothing seven minutes into the game in a, a game that they pretty much like they really need to win. So that's, that's not looking too good. Yeah, no, they they uh, they got they got blitzkrieg. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like on Twitter, like the and then what happened? Like double tweet, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Max, I wanted to uh, pick your brain for a second because uh, small story – actually, small story time for the folks out there. Um, a few weeks ago, um, Max had, had, had texted me saying, hey, when are you at the next Wings game? And I said, hey, I'll be there on the 6th. And he says, great, I'll show you something. And then, and, then it got, and then it got to that day, and I really showed Max the text he could not for the life of him <laughs> – remember what he wanted to talk to me about and it was I it was remembered i i know i know i just that that was the build-up that was the lead-up so like there was that 10 minutes there where i was like well geez you know i spent the last like two weeks like getting pumped like here like here i was expecting to show up and like there there's max dressed as charlie day from friggin it's always sunny and like leads me into a back closet at lca and he's got his string theory thing on <laughs> like here's how here's how it's gonna go but you know, he, he 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 did rack his brain and then talk to me about it. So, um, since we are uh, living in the in the pick six world, I, I like I, I just like saying football terms that actually apply to hockey. So that's that's actually a lot of fun. Um, so uh, he he had posed to me a, a very interesting again. That, now this is before we figured out what the what the odds were for the for the draft, but. And, and where the final link places were, but Max offered me this really tremendous either or scenario, and I, gosh, I, I I was just I was I was stunned by it, but I but I think I still was able to make I think the right choice, but um, Max basically alluded it to a, a, a you with this pick, you either pick a guy who is a Dylan Larkin clone. But has way better hands, or a very, <laughs> or or a very tall Johnny Gaudreau, but he's but he but we don't know if he's going to pan out to be that way. And and I just I, I I I pretty much had to wait 
for the rest of the game to to, to decide because I I was honestly salivating at either possibility. So, you know, now now that we're in this position, one of the choices is pretty much kind of elim- <laughs> kind of eliminated. But um, Max, what talking about this Dylan Larkin clone? I wanted to, to get your I wanted you to tell our fans about you know, uh, a Mister Alex Turcott. Which I'm sure you have already yeah, talked okay. about a bunch before, but but just for those who are who are, you know, just coming out of the haze of being disappointed about where the wings ended up picking, they to to, right. to what what they have to look forward to, possibly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so here's here's the deal. So I should clarify. Like these are not like that's what they are because if they are, if you have, if you can clone Dylan Larkin and guarantee a Dylan Larkin clone with better hands. Or you can guarantee a taller Johnny Gaudreau. That guy's going top three, period. Like no matter what. So this is not like a guarantee, whatever. But we were talking about the, the theories of like which direction the Red Wings should prioritize uh, if if Alex Turcotte and Trevor Zegers, both two NTDP guys, are on the board for them. And so this the question is like if you could clone Larkin, which you know I've I've, I've gotten a little bit of pushback and whether that's really the best comparison for Turcotte, I kind of stand by it just because that's, that's how, you know, that, that's what his coach said. And it, I, that's kind of what it looks like to me. Um, and that's, you know, Corey has, has made Corey problem. Our prospects expert has made, uh, has made a similar comment. And that's, you know, that's who I talk to about prospects. So that's obviously where, where my, uh, most, a lot of my ideas about prospects come from is Corey. So the, anyways, Tur- that's kind of Turcotte's like ceiling. Like that's his. That's what he could project to if everything goes really well. Uh, and then Zegras, you know, the, the Gaudreau comparison is kind of like just comes from this really skilled playmaking uh, offensive player. Except for Zegras is a lot taller, and so it's like you don't know for sure if either of them are going to be that. But I would say that you know, kind of Turcotte's style looks a little more um, projectable, uh, to, to immediately because of, because of the, you know, how aggressive he is and how complete he is. So I was posing the question to Jay, what would be more important for the Red Wings to get just like another player in that mold or to go look for that kind of their version of that, like playmaking, uh, offensive dynamo. And so, you know, those names obviously like, like Jay said, are going to make you kind of salivate, but just philosophically, that's the question, right? Is like, do they need more Larkin? Which I think just about everyone who watches that team would love more Larkin. Or do they need that other element, which you know may or may not come to fruition, but that's maybe worth the uh, investment that the you know the sixth overall pick can be. It's a huge asset to invest. Is that the area that you want to invest in? With maybe a little less certainty of, of how that's going to translate up several levels. Um, or do you go with, with the guy who looks more, you know, cut and, and sooner and closer to the, to the league who, who still has a really high ceiling, I think, uh, but maybe not quite that same element. And that's kind of what, what the discussion is if I can ever get myself to stop rambling here. <laughs> Wait, Han, I mean, have you, have you listened to us before? I mean, this is, <laughs> it's so funny because there's a, uh, there's a podcast, uh, like I, I was a big fan of, of the show lost and there was a podcast where these two guys, uh, Jay and Jack, they did, uh, their, their own podcast for it. And actually it was one of the, one of the first podcasts I listened to. And then they had like the Jay and Jack ramble cast. And I was like, huh? <laughs> if, if if we didn't have a name for our show, we could kind of steal Absolutely. that. But um, yeah, indeed, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the J and Pete Ramblecast. Um, but anyway, uh, we, we we wanted to talk a little bit about the the league as a whole, and I, you know, one of the one of the only positive things about not having your team be in the playoffs is that you can basically root for maximum chaos. You can root for just maximum entertainment. So like if a team goes up three zero, let's say hypothetically, you can hope that the other team comes back and wins four three to take away home ice advantage. Um, again, hypothetically. So uh, let's, let's talk about a couple of these series. So obviously the first one I was just mentioning is Tampa Bay and Columbus. So, no, 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 Jay, no, no, no. How, how, it's not Tampa Bay yeah, versus what, what? Columbus. It's Tampa Bay versus the ghosts of every wrong decision Tampa made in order to leverage them getting to this point. <laughs> the, this is these are not the Columbus Blue Jackets that we were watching post trade deadline to now. This an enti- this is this is like the Untouchables, where Kevin Costner goes to the judges. You will take this jury and switch it wholesale with the jury next door. <laughs> So my, my over, my over the top excuses aside, please continue your question. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to ask you like, like if, if you're Tampa Bay, how scared are you right now? I think, I, uh, I, oh, you, Max, you first, you uh, first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I Absolutely. thought that was to me. No, do you want to jump in? No, no, no. Fine. I mean, I, Cooper said it great, like five alarm fire, right? Like, and, and it would be even less of that if Kucherov wasn't also suspended for game three. Because then you're, you know, you're still going on the road, but you're, you're still Tampa. Like, I thought they were, there was a real chance they swept this series. If they sweep, they, they can just sweep it from this point forward. Now they're gonna have to do it without their best player. I still kind of think that they're gonna win the series because uh, the city of Columbus just can't have nice things. Uh, <laughs> but, but man, like Tampa does need to be sweating. Yeah, I, I, I. <laughs> I was I talked to uh talked to a buddy of mine today and I was like uh the the Tampa Bay Lightning are either going to pull a 2002 Red Wings and completely regroup just like they did uh, when they were down 2-0 to Vancouver or they're going to pull a 1995 Red Wings and completely crap the bed against the against the Sharks so so it's it's very exciting to be in this position to watch and and that and that's not the only series that's kind of going like kind of by the the craziness cuz uh, the Blues are also being uh, very surprising because they are riding whatever uh, demon, demon <laughs> blood sacrifice baby uh, hellhole streak that they sacrificed to to get to this point. So, um, I it's down to nothing, you know. If any, like again, I I saw the clip. I, I forget who posted it. Maybe it was TSN, but they posted a clip of of Tortorella talking to the guys, uh, talking to the Jackets, and and he was just like, we are not going to take a step back here. And I was like, that's, of course, the, that's what it would take to have some sort of competitive edge against Tampa Bay, right? Like, you would yeah. have to, it, the, right. the unstoppable force meets the immovable object is is what's happening here. So, like, for him to plant that seed and, and go for that, I mean, I tweeted this out, uh, I think, yesterday. I, reading uh, Down Goes Brown's uh, playoff preview thing, where he was talking about like you know, eh, it'd take it take a near miracle to 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 have the Columbus Blue Jackets win this thing. I was immediately reminded of Montgomery Burns in Homer at the Bat, 
when he's and where Smithers is like, ah, oh, well, now I think that there's a chance that uh, the team might lose, and then then Birds is like, ah, oh, well, one misfortune could happen to them. Two misfortunes? Not really. Seven misfortunes? Well, there's an outside chance, but nine misfortunes? And then, of course, the nine misfortunes happen. So that's literally what's happening to Tampa right now is what I feel like. Because everyone's like, ah, Tampa, you know, the Vasilevsky could be bad, sort of. Kucherov could get suspended. There's an outside chance. But them being down 2-0 to this team? Why? That's out- That's outrageous. So, yeah, it's <laughs> everything that's happened so far... I don't know. It's. It, it, I feel like it's too much. It's too good to be true, Pete. I think it, it's like. I think we're getting a preview of like we're kind of, kind of having that little inside itch where you're like, you know what? Screw it. All the. It's the. It's the internet meme brought back to like have all the underdogs win. <laughs> That's what I want to have happen right now. Yeah. Real, real quick. I know this is yeah. off topic. I just. No, go for it. Since he, that guy was asking about Vili. I went to his elite prospects, and he's played 70 games. So I don't know what I was talking about with him. I mean, I must just be recency biasing because he missed the last game I was at. So he he has been in the lineup. I guess it's just been more of a not a ton of uh, of impact. I just wanted to clarify that so I wasn't saying oh. falsehoods on the air. He he must have been in the lineup, and I just uh, I just was asleep at the wheel. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be honest, that that kind of is is a little damning on him if like he didn't realize he was in the lineup, right? <laughs> well, or it could, you know, it could be. I mean, that's just kind of a fair point, I guess. But I, I really think it's just recently biased because I was just there and he wasn't in the lineup, and so I think it's got to be that. Yeah. Um, all right. So the uh, the Capitals uh, beat Carolina in overtime today to go up uh, f- uh, two games to none in the series. Um, former Red Wing Peter Mrazek was very good overall in that game. He made some really kind of ridiculous saves. Uh, there was uh, we had talked a little bit before about the Kucherov suspension. Uh, Furland on the Carolina Hurricanes was given a five minute match be- uh, penalty and a ma- well five minute major and a uh, game misconduct. And it's it'll be interesting to see if he gets suspended. Um, but then. Actually, one of the things that's always interesting to me is, I mean, I've been watching hockey for, let's see, probably close to 30 years, which is way too many uh, (laughs) to think about. And it always amazes me, like when I watch the first hockey playoff game of the season, that like Jay and I joked about it last last episode about just just how big the difference in officiating is and Watching the Islanders Penguins game is a really good window into that because I mean there there was plays where like the the Islanders are on a power play the puck you know puck gets rebound uh, you know the goalie makes a save there's a rebound in the crease and the Penguin guy just literally tackles him and it's like nope that's cool we're good and then at the other end there's like uh, you know like like you know touches his touches his gloves with a stick and that's a penalty. Um, but uh, Max, have you have you been able to watch any of the uh, the Pittsburgh New York series yet? Not that one. I caught a couple periods of Toronto Boston. I watched most of Winnipeg St. Louis. But I've been uh, in Grand Rapids this week doing some Griffin stuff. I don't know if it overlapped with that or maybe if it was. Yeah, it must have been at the same time as that game last night. So I would have missed that uh, in same deal Wednesday. So I was uh, I haven't been able to watch much of that. I, I mean, obviously I've seen the highlights, the, the Josh Bailey uh, who can't be beaten. But 
Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot. Of <laughs> I like every time. Every time there's like a an important Josh Bailey goal, I go looking for and like one of these one of these years I'm going to find it. There was a a television commercial for the Islanders. We're talking probably like Bailey's rookie year or second year. Uh, it, it was a while ago, and part of it was him doing push-ups on the ice with no shirt on and with chains on him. Like, you know, not, not like a big necklace, but like really big <laughs> chains. And it's the greatest thing ever. Like you can find a really crappy YouTube clip of it, uh, but you can't find like a good quality one. Um, so every time I hear Bailey, that's what I always think of. Well, you can see why now it's paying off, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All, all, all that all that hard reps on the ice. That's that's what it takes to to make it in this league. <laughs> oh hey, I, actually, Max, I, I had a I had a quick question uh, that I was I was thinking about before when we were talking about uh, the Red Wings stuff, but it's not really Red Wings related. Um, but you know, as as somebody who this year you were covering the Red Wings, um, you know, you know, throughout the whole season as as you know, basically the beat writer. What's one thing about covering or t- covering a team like that that you think? people would be surprised at like something that people probably might not be able to guess would happen or would understand or would even think of. Interesting. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't want to sound like whiny or anything. I think people <laughs> think that we are, uh, in a little more constant communication with like players and coaches than we, I mean, we talk to the coach every day. Um, in like a group setting, it can be tough when there's cameras on though to get, you know, kind of to the to the heart of some things that I think people are really curious about. And like when it comes to the players, um, you know, a lot of the times there might only be four or five guys in in the locker room, and uh, at, at at the time when the media is like walking in, and then you're like, okay, can I even get a guy alone in that setting? Because someone's usually going to fall over and crowd up. So I, you know, certainly, you know, not not complaining that I, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, able to get like scoops every day or anything like that. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it goes. Uh, but I do think sometimes people, people think that like, you know, every single day we're in there talking to every single player, uh, and, and in circumstances that we could ask any given question. Um, and that's not always the case, but I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that cause I think it's like an injustice or anything like that. Just, just like you said, like some people would not realize about, uh, what the beat is like. Yeah, the, 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 that that makes sense because uh, actually, I think it was oh I forget who it was on Twitter yesterday, and I know uh, Sarah from Carolina was one of the people that was talking about it. But it was oh, somebody I think it might have been Mark Dumont in Montreal. He was talking about how um uh like 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 in a scrum something about like not calling the coach coach, and it was weird because I like yeah. I was like I was thinking like. It's a good thing I'm not doing that because that's the first thing I would do. It's like that's his title; he's the coach, so you call him coach. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, oh, like, like I'm having like this kind of um, like hypothetical embarrassment on behalf of something that never happened. <laughs> There's so many of those things though, too. Like, like my big issue is they all call each other by like these nicknames, right? Like, like they call everyone calls FNSU Double A. Everybody calls Jeff Blashel Blash, and so I called. I call Jeff Lashel Jeff, uh, but because the, those are the terms like they used to refer to each other, I can be really guilty. This is not like a good thing of like referring to someone's like someone else, like 
someone else's nickname when I'm asking like a player about them. Like if I if I was talking to someone, I'd say like how like what do you think of how like double A's bad at this or like Blash said this and like it's mm-hmm. so. People hate that, like, on, on the same level they hate calling the coach coach because, like, you know, we're not in there to be their friends or, not, you know, palling up and using nicknames and stuff. But, but that is definitely a thing that I am guilty of doing just because usually they'll have just, like, referred to that nickname. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's, you know, that's just what I'm going to say, too. And then you feel like an idiot because you sound <laughs> you usually sound silly calling, calling one of those guys a nickname because you're not a hockey player. Right. Yeah, like, like I, I remember I was in college and I had a professor, like an English professor, and his first name was Dean, but I didn't know that. And I had heard somebody like maybe it was like a colleague or something to call him Dean. And I thought he was the Dean, like the Dean of the department. And <laughs> fortunately, I never called him that, but like I almost did once. And then like it was funny because like I had him a couple times and I like, you know, like once I got to know him, I told him that story. and He thought it was hilarious. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I dodged a bullet. That's <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's in the same vein as, as the coach thing, and you know the coach thing. It just it is it is really silly, and I always feel bad when people say it because you know they're going to get they're likely going to get like roasted for it on the internet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is a it's a bizarre thing. It's it's a really interesting like case study in in uh, in human interaction because I think it's. The, the interview setting can be really uh, uncomfortable in, in a lot of weird ways that I don't, you know, I, I don't usually feel particularly uncomfortable, but, but sometimes it can be like, man, like you're asking this guy, like people always want us to like hold so-and-so accountable. And that's, you know, to, to a large degree, our job, but you know, in, in certain settings, it's like, uh, do you think you're going to get fired tomorrow? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a hard question to look someone yeah. in the eye and ask. Yeah, them, it's you know? like, just, just so you know, the um, the betting line on you having your job tomorrow is... <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the toughest one is, is has in this season was about... Uh, like like the draft and like the tanking idea and like how, like you know you got to ask you know you got to ask about like what do you think about what this is doing to your draft position but you got to do it in like a way that's not gonna make you sound like a complete idiot to someone who like is hardwired to try to win like that's how the, all of these guys are where right. they are and like you I think everybody saw the way that like Jimmy Howard reacted when someone asked him about it and it was like an eye roll and like you know whatever and like a lot of those those uh, moments in a press scrum where you're, where you, where you know, you got to ask what is going to be a hard question uh, for, for the player, or at least like a hard topic. So much of that scrum, at least in my experience is like, how do I, like, how do I phrase this? Like, what are the words that are going to make this uh, the least awkward for everybody involved? Uh, And so usually like by the time I go back and listen, I will like hear an answer to a question that happened while I was thinking of this, way to phrase an awkward thing and like wow that was a really good answer <laughs> i just write about that um no it's it's a it's a very the interview setting is a very interesting thing so now that um now that the season has has just gone to its championship phase is there a um I don't know what 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 are you what are you missing right now? What's what I I know it's we're talking about being a, a week removed from the grind as it were, but like when when it's during the off season, how do you 
Like, is, is it like, because I know, you, you know, we've still got the draft coming up, so it's not like you're doing nothing, but is there like, you know, what's, what's the one thing you're going to wake up in like, you know, June or like late July where you're like, you know, it'd be really nice if I was fighting traffic to get downtown right now. You know, like, <laughs> is, <laughs> uh, human interaction is the honest answer because like, <laughs> well, most B writers and certainly me, cause I work for the internet, um, we do not have like an office that we go into and like see co like I see my coworker. I have like I'm pretty good friends with my coworkers, and I see them like, you know, twice a month maybe. Like I work from home, and like if my girlfriend didn't also work from our home, I there would be many days where I did not talk out loud. Oh boy! <laughs> like because so much <laughs> of the job is online and like all this stuff. Like you have to really go out of your way to like call people to talk and like. You know, I, I actually just started a beer league, so that'll help with that. But the definitely, like, no question, bar none, the thing I will miss the most about, uh, like, regular season is just, like, hey, there's people to interact with. Uh, and whether those people are, like, your colleagues, whether they're, like, the really nice event staff at LCA, uh, or whether they're, you know, just players and coaches in, in those interview settings, like, it is it is an underrated thing of how uh, isolated the job can be when, it, when there's not like things going on, like you really got to go out of your way to uh, to do that stuff. I'm I'm a little okay. So uh, first of all, I I'm glad we can give you some of that interaction, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, That's that, why I'm I glad Peter and I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we know. Um, re- really quickly, because Pete has has another question before. Uh, you beat me at whatever game he has up his sleeve, but I, I did wanted to remark real quick about how you were saying that there's no office for the athletic. And so I just wanted to ask, does the athletic exist or is it a, uh, is, is it a construct by Andy Dufresne from, <laughs> from Shawshank that it's just, there's, there's no, it, like it exists on paper. He's friends with Harvey, the rabbit, second cousin to Casper, the ghost. But like it turns out, like at any one, at any minute, like the athletic could be disbanded, and then could just be like, oh, there was never an athletic. So that that was actually well, very in funny. Fact, there are at hear. least two athletic offices. One is in San Francisco, and one is in New York. But those are like the headquarters offices, where like the the founders and our you know our editor, like the, some of like the national editors or like editorial team or whatever. You know, they, that's where those people work. We have one in, in San Francisco, one in New York. But uh, obviously, like, nobody in Detroit or Cleveland or, um, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, those are all, you know, cities we have athletic hubs in are, like, going into the office. Like, we are usually working from home, or I don't know if other people are, like, going to coffee shops or whatever, but, like, I am working from my couch, uh, mm-hmm. like, every day. I was just thinking, like, I love how it's like two of the three most expensive cities to live in in the entire country. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like we're opening a. Are. <laughs> so you know we're opening a new, uh, less expensive place in L.A. now. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, we were talking. Uh, Jay was talking about the athletic possibly not existing, or whatever. I I was reminded of probably yeah, one of my more. I know exactly. I was I was reminded of one of my more popular tweets of recent, uh, re, you know, the recent weeks or so, where um, I said that my my inception totem is uh, the athletic being forty percent off. Um, <laughs> the, sec- the second it's thirty or fifty percent, he, he's going to call me. He, he's going to be like, "When did we You're meet?" Dreaming. 
How long have we met? How long have we known each other? I'll be like, Pete, we've known each other since the third grade. We're like, wrong. We met at a yeah. Greek town restaurant like <laughs> exactly. years ago. That's wrong. It was it was the first time I learned about flaming cheese. Yeah. Actually, I guess it was the second time because I, I I had had it earlier that day, <laughs> and then I wanted to have it again because it was so delicious. Um, all right, yeah. So Max, like I said before, uh, we had we had two really great reader questions, and I wanted to, you know, even though this is very Red Wings related, I wanted to get to you know make sure I got to ask this one. So this is by let's see, Zetteryuk forty thirteen, um, Zadina in nineteen twenty. Zadina seemed to need uh, more time to learn than everyone thought. Uh, do you think the best option for him is to start with the wings next season, or do you think he still needs to learn in the AHL? I think that is going to be determined in large part by Philip Sedina this offseason. Personally, I think he's the kind of player who is going to do better in the NHL than he will in the AHL, like like generally speaking. But yeah. there are some things that you know he still does need to like learn and those are things that can very much be learned in the AHL without all these eyes on him. Like he had a turnover last night that led to a goal and like it was, you know, basically right by his own blue line. And that is a tough spot to turn the puck over. And if you do it in the NHL with all those eyes on you, like whew, you're going to get shredded. You're going to get shredded by yeah. a bunch of like Montreal fans with cocking in, cocking the Emmy jerseys on. Like, and uh, <laughs> you know, last night I don't think a whole lot of people saw it. But at the same time, like, even when he was in Detroit, I think you kind of saw there are elements of his game that look like he can hold his own. Like, he, he's a relatively responsible player defensively in terms of, like, covering his points and all that stuff. He'll go to the corner. He's not going to lay a big hit in the corner, but he'll go there looking for the puck. Like, those are things about him that, that I think, you know, are already translatable. Obviously, the skill is all there. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how strong he gets and how you know, how confident he can play really coming into the preseason to, to prove that he deserves it. Because I don't think it's out in my mind he's going to be one of the 12 best forwards the Red Wings have. But can he prove to them that developmentally he's ready to keep making those improvements at the in the NHL without needing to be kind of almost uh, sheltered in a way? You know, I don't, I don't like calling it sheltered because I think the AHL is a really hard league, like harder than people give it credit for. But but sheltered in that way of like you know there's still these things about his game that uh, that he's gonna have to work on down there. So I I would think I would predict he makes the team, but I think it, it's gonna take a, a really good summer for him. He's gonna have to get in the gym. He's gonna have to bulk up. And he's gonna have to come in uh, on the same kind of uh, role that he was when they called him up. Cool. Yeah. I uh, I mean I I I definitely agree with. Um... Like the first thing you said, because, you know, the rest of it, I haven't gotten a chance to see him nearly as much as you have. Uh, you know, the idea that that uh, there's there's players or maybe a certain type of player who will play a lot better in the or maybe not a lot better, but, you know, play better in the NHL than the AHL. Because I know, um, you know, you know, Zadina seems to be like depending on who he was playing with, even in the NHL. Like, you know, when, when you got to, you know, you got to see him out there with really good line mates and he could, you know, set him up and, you know, because he's, you know, a shooter. Um, you know, so if he's not going right, to, you know, he's not going to do the whole thing guy. himself. Christopher M last night. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I think exactly, there's a very yeah. real chance of that. And, you know, there's also a lot to be said for him setting up. I, I think the most underrated aspect of Zadina's entire game is that that dude can set up a one-timer just as good as he could shoot one. He just... You know, he also, oh, okay, yeah. you know, I, I think, I think that he, 
he was told to shoot certainly when he was in Detroit, and so maybe he didn't see it up there. Uh, but I think there's there's some really good pass. Like I saw him play a game with Martin Furt at one point this year. My lord, was he putting pucks in good places. <laughs> um, so oh, that's awesome. I think that's something that maybe doesn't get his notice for him. Um, but you know that said, he still has to prove that he can do that without committing turnovers, without you know getting getting leveled, which was something that was happening this fall. Um, but you know the name that oh, I yeah. have brought up to people who have been kind of concerned, and I you know I think that there's a couple of little similarities in this. I don't. I'm always leery when I like say like a really good player's name because I think people take it to like set the new bar for them as being that player. But, like, do you guys remember like? what Philip Forsberg was like the year he was drafted and even the year after that, like he, he took a pretty slow path to becoming the guy yeah. we all now recognize as Philip Forsberg. Um, you yeah. know, his, his second season after being drafted, he had 34 points in 47 games with the Milwaukee Admirals, which is like fairly average. Um, I mean, that, that was a mm. better than he had done the year before in the all Spence game where he had less than a point per game in the all Spence game. But it, it took him time, and I feel like if he adds strength and the kind of, you know, instinct, whatever, that, that Philip Forsberg has, like, he has the talent to to have that kind of, like, leap a couple, you know, after a couple of years of getting drawing, getting polished. Like, I don't think it's a perfect comparison, but it's kind of what I have, like, kind of tried to remind myself when I'm, like, looking at, like, you know, is it normal for a guy who's picked this high to have a learning curve like that, and, and Forsberg is kind of a an emphatic yes answer to that question. Um, so I'm not saying he's yeah. Philip Forsberg, but I'm you know he's a guy that I wonder. I I would bet that Philip Forsberg is an example of what you're talking about, Pete. Like guys who like once they get to the NHL, there are things about their game that uh, that might even transfer a little better. Cool. All right. Uh, so Jay, you ready? I never am, Pete. But the idea is to just play with <laughs> as much confidence as possible. It's game time. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a while. So um, anyway, all right. So I have put together a game. It's it's a quiz. Basically, you only have two possible answers, right? So it's not, uh, you know, you get a 50-50 shot if you're just randomly guessing. So uh, in honor of the recent event that Jay had talked about before, the quiz is called Lot or Not. All right. So it's um, <laughs> I, I have 10 names written down on my side. So you're going to get five each. And you have to tell me if they were a lottery selection, meaning uh, for this, for these purposes, one of the first three overall picks in their draft year, or if they weren't, if they were picked outside the top three. And to make it fun, I decided to go back in time a little bit. So the none of these are post-2000. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> oh, All okay. right. So All basically, right, warm it up. Here we go. So, so, so just, just to keep it easy, basically you just have to say yes or no, right? So yes is they were picked either first, second, or third overall, or no is they were picked anywhere else. All right. So, so um, is this like a race to answer thing or is, oh, no, like I'm, I'm going to ask each of you five separate ones. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to uh, flip a coin on my side. All right. Uh, Jay is heads. Max is tails. It is heads. So Jay goes first. All right. You ready, Jay? I just want everybody to know he 
I I convi- I will vouch for this. He literally just flipped a coin. Yeah. If you listen closely, you can hear the <laughs> coin flip. This wasn't some sort of weird by virtue of a coin toss in Peter's head in an anti-gravity well. This was exactly a legitimate coin toss. So yeah, I almost forgot I had my camera on. So okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah, let's okay. do it. Oleg Tverdovsky. Say the name one more time. Oleg Tverdovsky. Not. That is incorrect. He oh, was the he boy. was the second overall pick in 1994 to the Anaheim Ducks. I yep. bet he was. He was. All those years later, still still winning those cups. Yep. <laughs> All right, Max. Here we go. Pat Falloon. Pat who? <laughs> Pat Falloon. F A L L O O N, like balloon. But an F. Oh man, I've never heard of that person, which means it has to be yes. Otherwise, there's no way you'd be asking. Well, that is correct. Uh, oh, in yes. 1991, he was the second overall pick for the San Jose Sharks. Okay. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now keep in mind, I have I have thought about like the ways that you would think about answering, and I may have tried to trip you up. All right, here we go. Here we go, Jay. All right. Obviously, we know Eric Lindros went first overall famously. But what about Brett Lindros? That that ha- that has to be no. That has to be no. That is Thank correct. you, he, Lordy. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he did go early, though. He went ninth overall okay. in 1994. Wow. And... Um, I, I remember being an Islander fan time when they drafted Brett Lindros. I remember seeing a lot of things about calling him the better Lindros. And you, you mean the better Lindros? <laughs> that that might have been what they were trying to say because it turned out not true. Not true. Not so. Okay. Not true. People right, always want to call the younger, like when they're hyping up in the draft, like it's like the better whatever. Like, and it's always yeah. like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is obviously a well-known name. But did they go in the lottery? Or, well, what I'm calling the lottery for this. Roberto Luongo. Ooh. When was he drafted? That is a good question. Um, I guess I can give you that. 1997. Oh, that's, that's pretty close to the time that that would have been an insane decision. Flurry went number one <laughs> overall later than that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no, but I bet he went top ten. Uh, you are actually you are right on both counts. He was fourth overall to yes. uh, to the Islanders. <laughs> wow. And, again, another backstory is uh, that the Islanders uh, then later traded him and drafted Rick DiPietro first overall. Although I, I, I don't – it wasn't the same thing. They traded – like, I think they – Drafted DiPietro, then traded Luongo, if I remember correctly. Um, they, yeah, so fourth. Isn't there like 30, aren't there 30 years left on DiPietro's contract? Is that is that true? <laughs> 32. Well, yeah, because yeah, it, it's it's pretty long. It was a 15-year deal, right? And when they bought it out, it doubled the cap hit. So I think there's, a, I think there, there's still a long time. Um, all right, Jay, you ready? Yep, let's do it. Okay. Patrick Stefan. Patrick Stefan. Oh my God. 
Okay, for obvious Bill Hader jokes aside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this draft pick has, this Patrick has yeah. everything. Skates, <laughs> sticks, a helmet that doesn't quite fit right. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say Patrick Stefan did go in the top three. First overall. Oh, here we go. In 1999 to Atlanta. And like when I was doing this, one of the things I thought of is, like, would I have remembered this? And I I would not have. <laughs> I had this out of my head. All right. Uh, let's see. What do I want to do next? I have one, two, three, four, five left. Okay. Um, Scoreboard. Score check. Yeah. What's going on here? Oh, uh, right now, let's see. Jay has two. Max has two. But uh, Max has one fewer question asked so far. So he okay. can he can oh, take the lead again. All right, here we go. So that so that counts as a game in hand, yes. right? Is that what we're yeah. doing? How many ROWs does Max have? Yeah. Are we dealing exactly? <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Doug Wait. Ooh. I'm gonna say yes. No. Fine. See, I actually <laughs> I actually included him because of what you said before that that if, if it sounds like he didn't, then you're going to say yes. He was actually drafted in the second round by the New York Rangers, 30, oh. 34th overall, because I think there was only 21 teams or something like that. It was in 1990. All right, Jay, you ready? Wow. All right, two more each, and you're tied. So here we go. Woo. Peter Forsberg. Piotr Forsberg. Um, okay. That's the Peter Forsberg, yes, yes. right? The one, oh, that, the one okay. that we're all very, very well aware of. There are that, no names. Yeah, there's no trick names where it's like a different person. It's okay. exactly. It's I'm, the only I'm, person you've ever heard of with that name. I'm sure. I'm sure that would have been a very funny thing to to <laughs> yeah. get out of the yeah. way. Um, okay, I want because you already asked the Lindros one. For some reason, I'm confused because he was. That do, it doesn't count, right? Because that was that was because was <laughs> wasn't Forsberg part of the trade? So that would yeah, but he he got drafted at no. a certain point. Okay, like right. when was he drafted? Yeah, that's, so that's he the got, question. All right. Okay. Okay. So remember, he was like unbelievably good in that Olympics. Didn't he? He was on a postage. He was Olympics, on a postage stamp. Yeah. Olympics or whatever. In Sweden. Yeah, he's that's he's. Right. It's weird to talk about like supposed <laughs> villains, but then you look back, you're like, Jesus, they were good. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like really, really good. Um, you know what? Nobody. No, I. I think no. I don't think he did. I don't think he was. Ta- <laughs> it's so. Uh, no, I'm saying no. I, I, that's my. That, that's my. That's my right, nervous Jay, stop answer. Talking, I'm saying because no. you're right. Uh, <laughs> he was drafted sixth overall. All right. So the idea is that yes, the more I, I really talk, thought you were going right to talk I'll yourself into the wrong time. answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, because he, he was really amazing, oh, but he, he went six overall to the Philadelphia Flyers. All right. Um, let's see. All right. So you got that right. So, Max, you need this to tie. Here we go. Oh, Jokinen. Mm. Shootout master. <laughs> <laughs> I know he went high because I've done a bit of you know draft research and over the course of this year 
especially when I was looking up. Oh, man. I will say yes. That is correct. We have a tie game. He went third overall. Oh, lordy. Third overall in 1997 to L.A. All right. Here we go, Jay. Oh, my lordy. Okay, last one for you. J.P. Dumont. J.P. Dumont. What? Oh, my. Oh. Okay, all right. J.P. Dumont. That sounds like a really fun name, doesn't it? Sure just, does. Just, just J.P. He was he. He sounds familiar. Where, where did he? He, he was, he was a predator, I, right? That sounds. I can tell right. you the year he's drafted because I gave, I gave Max okay. that before. Okay, give me the year he was drafted. 1996. 1996. Okay, so that would have, that would have put him there. I'm having vivid. I'm having vivid flashbacks right now because I can hear Ken Daniels say Jean Pierre Dumont, and then and then you hear Ken Daniels say, but then you think of Pierre Maguire saying it, and then you want to you want to jump into a lake. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. My answer is yes. I'm 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 going with my predator gut here because that team has been a thorn in my side. I'm going to say okay, yes. Okay. The worst you can do is tie because that is correct. Oh! Third overall to the Islanders. All right, now I saved this one. Quick update for you guys: the uh, Griffins are now down five. To oh, zero. Joe Hickis just got towed back around. <laughs> they are in a deep, deep hole. Now, ouchies. Now, if they lose, is there are, are there scenarios where they make it? Yeah, just like one of three teams has to not get. Two points. Like, oh, okay. There's so many scenarios where they make it, but there have been for like a week, and none of them have happened. So, oh my lord. Oh boy. All right. Here, here's the last one, and and I want to do this for Jay because I have a feeling Jay might know this because he's oh. a player that Jay likes a lot. Oh. Paul Korea. Oh. He, he might have been first, first overall. Uh, yes, it's a yes. He's top three. I'm oh, sorry. No. He was fourth overall. <laughs> 1993, fourth overall, okay. Anaheim. Uh, but he did he did make up for it because he was first on the call sheet for the Mighty Ducks the movie the day that he filmed that cameo. <laughs> that, that's a lie. That didn't. <laughs> that's did not you know true. That day? <laughs> did you know where he went? No, you know it no, no. I I just I I just in the back of my head I'm just thinking about how that. Peter, that is definitely one. If you gave it to me, I would have talked myself into doing the wrong thing. I know that's why I, I, was like, I know for sure. Damn I just thought about it. Be like, wait a minute. Oh. No, he has to. It has to be. And then I would have blown it. <laughs> oh man, that's devastating. Oh, man. Well, it's okay. It, it game doesn't Spirit, count. It was a, it's just it was a spirited fun. match, man. Do I get the first pick of the podcast draft now? Sure. Yes. Wow. There you go. That's all right. That's good. <laughs> That's good for your yeah. Your both of our odds going in were were very high, but uh, because I decided to put my laurel or not rest on my laurels and get some character wins, I decided to win a bunch at the end there. And Max is there. Capo, That's right. Capo Caco. Which one is it? Capo. 
Caco. Okay. Capo Caco. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Capo Caco. Okay. Yeah. This is I'm really mad that we didn't win because I was trying to figure out ways to do like yakko wacko and dot puns. But now I have to now I have to let someone else do it. <sighs> Maybe they'll trade up, you never know. Never <laughs> Yeah. Maybe who knows? Maybe the defensive will be there, and you could have David Bowie Byram. Oh, <laughs> yeah! All right, uh, so that brings us to the end of our episode. Woo! Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it's over. It is. It is. Already? It's over. <sighs> but you know what? Boston and Toronto is probably started already, or it's about to start. So. Um, all right. Yeah. So as always, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at, uh, at P Flynn hockey. Jay is at the roar underscore 24 and Max Boltman is M underscore Boltman B U L T M A N. Um, you can follow the podcast at 200 foot pod two zero zero F T P O D. And you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash for sure pod. Um, and, uh, oh yeah. If you want to buy some stuff, uh, like t-shirts and stuff like, uh, like, uh, recent guest Scott Cullen was wearing in Mexico. Uh, then you can go to tinyurl.com slash first shirt, F E R S H I R T. So Max, thanks so much for, uh, for stopping by and joining us tonight. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me. It was a blast as always. And, uh, let's do it again. Absolutely. And if you're nice, Max, maybe we'll think about putting some of our for shirt proceeds getting you some office space. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm actually yeah, we, happy with couch office. I just want more people to talk to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, like, we might be able to afford like a like an old hot dog cart that we can nice. use, we okay. can build into like a like a standing desk. Hot dogs included? Uh I don't know. Maybe maybe we have to sell a few more shirts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. 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 For sure.